Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I'm chatting with Julie Ward. The Peaceful Power Podcast is here to help you live a movement-based lifestyle, utilizing fitness, yoga, and Ayurvedic techniques. Each week, I will bring you a motivational guest or a solo show geared to help you take action to live that peaceful, powerful life. So a little background on Julie. Julie helps others transition to health using a new approach to food and habit hacks that help her clients overcome obstacles. She's also the founder of Fresh Food Alchemy. So today, Julie and I talk all about nutrition and food and habit hacks that you can actually implement into your life that will make a difference. Um, She is also a plant-based nutritionist. And so we talk about how to incorporate more vegetables. And if you're someone who's not a big fan of vegetables, um, different ways that you can kind of spice it up and add them into your routine. We also chat about gut health and um, ways that food can help you with anxiety. So I think this one is going to be a great episode um, just for a more natural approach to food and different ways that food is actually medicine. So take a listen and let me know what you guys think over on Instagram at andreaclassen 21 Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm super excited to have Julie Ward on with me today. So I'm going to kind of throw it over to you, Julie, and let us um, kind of know a little bit about your background and how you first kind of got interested as, you know, in nutrition as medicine. Oh, wow. Okay. So my background, I don't even know where to start. It just, <laughs> I'll give you the, 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 the script notes version, which is the cliff notes version. So um, I've always been interested in plants. I've always been interested in herbs. I've always loved food. I come from a, a line of in-home really great cooks. My grandfather was a Pullman porter for the, for, um, on the trains, and he was also a cook for the Pullman porters. And that, with those, that was like the first job in the early 30s for African-Americans. It was a great job. And so he always cooked on the trains, and I'm from Chicago. And then he came home, and he was a cook in a restaurant. So you know, always grown up around great smells and food. And my mother was the same. And then as I got older, it's like, okay, how do I do healthier versions of the foods I love? Um, And also looking at um, how to stay healthy Uh, as an African-American and African-American community. Historically, people have had high blood pressure and high cholesterol and people have died of heart attacks. And you see all of this and a lot of it is around the food. And that's what I really began to believe. It's like, okay, what do we just change our diet? You know, what, what happens then? Um, and when I started doing that on myself, I, I've never had any major illnesses, but as you get older, you know, your blood pressure goes up, your cholesterol goes up, it's just what happens. And um, I was like, well, I don't wanna be in that category. And how can I make something healthier that still tastes really good? And um, it became food and including the herbs that I've been studying and, you know, oregano and thyme and all these things are things that are also spices, but on a fresh version, they're also extremely, extremely medicinal for the body in terms of boosting the immune system. Um, they work as microbiotic, uh, you know, microbiotics and antibiotics. So that's when I think about food as medicine. How do you also heal your body? You know, um, and you can heal it with food. I had a bout with depression, and then I had a bout with um, some real stomach issues, and I just buckled down to what can I eat differently. I'm no longer depressed. 
Um, my digestion is an ever-evolving thing, but much better though it, than it used to be. And I had a, a bout of hypothyroidism for a hot second. And again, went back to food. Let's shut it down. What can I eat particularly for this issue? What do I want to take out and not eat anymore? And continue to have tests run and everything was reversed. I mean, you can reverse, it's now been proven. You can reverse heart disease, you can reverse cholesterol, you can reverse type two diabetes with your food. It's not a cultural or a, um, a, a cultural thing or, uh, you know, it's really about what we're eating and our access to food and everybody should be able to be healthy. The basic, I think one of the basic rights in life is about being healthy and having access to food to allow you to be healthy. So that was a long version of <laughs> how I got here. No, I love that. And I think the background definitely is um, a good like frame of reference just to kind of see you know, where you came from and that you were inspired by, you know, your upbringing and to try to make these dishes a little bit more healthier. Um, I know I can relate to that as well because I grew up on a farm and we had lots of hot dish because I'm in Minnesota and casseroles, that was our thing. And, um, you know, just trying to deconstruct that and just make it a little bit healthier. And I think that's a really good, um, you know, place that maybe other people are kind of thinking the same thing. Like I grew up eating this. How do I kind of switch gears? So what were some first steps for you that maybe you, um, you know, looked at some of the recipes and some of the foods you like to eat, but made them slightly healthier? What would be someone's kind of first steps in that direction? Okay. So one of the first steps was changing out the oils that you cook with. Um, like a lot of people are cooking, cooking with canola oil. Canola oil is supposed to be healthy. Canola oil is not healthy. It's not good for your body. It can upset your digestion. Um, and you want to cook, and a lot of people cook with olive oil. Well, olive oil is not a high heat oil. So like say you're sauteing onions or you're sauteing veggies, you want to cook with say an almond oil or uh, a grapeseed oil or something like that, that has a high heat point um, that won't, the oil won't break down. So that's one thing. Um, instead of like I come from, you know, African-American, we make greens and they put ham hocks in it. Well, I never really liked that. So then the, and the gradual transition was greens with ham hocks to greens with turkey meat to greens. Now I make greens without meat at all. Uh, and I actually cook without oil. So now instead of oil in my food, I'll sweat my vegetables. Like if you put onions in a skillet on a low heat and put a top on it, very, very low they'll produce their own liquid. So you don't have to add oil. And that. so, so that's the thing when I, when I, so now from a, a whole food plant-based diet, when you're cooking all the things, it's, a, it's whole food. So we're not putting oil in, we're not putting added sugar. Um, you're cooking with the food itself. So instead like, you know, traditionally on a plant foods diet, instead of olive oil, they eat olives, you know, cause you get all the pure fat from the olives. But when you're cooking, sweat your vegetables, put the top on. That way you're not, because a tablespoon of, of oil is a lot of fat, extra fat on top of what you're already eating. So if you want fat, eat your avocado, eat your olives, eat um, coconut meat. You know, those are, that's good fat. And so those, those are a couple little things. And what else, where else did I start? And you're asking me to go all the way back in my memory from the very beginning. <laughs> um, but those are some of the things. That's kind of where I started. I changed my oil. We, I took out the traditional foods that had meat in them and just did them without. And then that's added seasoning. Um, 
yeah, so then it becomes now every, now every dish is flipped. Um, I had a client who loved enchiladas and she wanted to be able to make enchiladas. Well, she was gluten-free. She couldn't eat, um, she could do nightshades. So we still did tomato sauce, but she couldn't do the gluten. So we couldn't do flour tortillas. We had to do corn tortillas. Um, there was something else. We had to do a red sauce. So we made red sauce from scratch. You know, we didn't do meat. We did uh, mushroom and collard green enchiladas, which were really good. And we did a cashew cheese on top. So that was, it's like, it's about now flipping the dish. You know, people say, how do you flip a house? Why not flip the dish, right? Um, mac and cheese is another really good one that people like with all the milk and all the cheese and, and everything. So we do a, we do a gluten-free mac and cheese. So a gluten-free ma um, elbow macaroni and then do a, make a cashew cheese and people love it. You know, sprinkle a little smoke paprika on top and let it bake. And it's still a baked, I like a baked one or you could keep it creamy. So those are some dishes we just change around. Oh, I love that. I'm going to try that mac and cheese and see if I can trick <laughs> my husband into that one. <laughs> uh, so when people are kind of thinking about like living or maybe um, having a little bit more plant-based eating approach, um, you know, maybe like I was just having this conversation with the gal last night of um, how do I go about that? Like, I think sometimes people get so obsessed with like, I got to have my protein and then right. they can't think outside the box beyond like just your piece of meat. Right, and see this is the thing about protein. Protein, the protein myth, it's such, it's a historical thing. It was started in Germany years ago by scientists. And you know, they started, a, they did a testing and, and wanted to see people begin to eat more meat. And at the end of the day, eating meat is also a symbol of wealth. It always has been across all continents and, 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 the, and in all cultures that the more, if you can eat meat, you've got meat on your table, you're wealthy. So the more people ate meat, the wealth, you know, it's like, oh, you must be wealthy. Let me get some meat. Now I'm wealthy. I mean, it was that concept. It wasn't necessarily that it was good for you. So protein is a byproduct of something your body produces. It's a combination of the amino acids in your body. And there are nine amino acids that are essential to the body, meaning you have to eat those to be able to produce that protein. And those nine amino acids actually come from vegetables. They're going to come from plants. They're going to come from plant-based. So um, if you eat the nine amino acids, those, if you get, get the nine essential amino acids, which, could, which comes from eating a wide variety of a plant-based diet, you're going to get the protein that your body needs. So you know, we came up with the original um, food pyramid that said you needed 20 to 30% of your body to be protein from milk, from meat, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you don't. Your body is typically needs 4 to 6%. And that's for an everyday individual walking around the planet. Now, people are bodybuilding or they're doing extreme athletics. Or, and there are still vegan bodybuilders and vegan, you know, extreme athletes. But they get more, they eat more protein but from a plant-based source. So depending on what your body needs, but for the everyday person walking around, you go to the gym three, four times a week, you don't need to eat that much meat. You definitely don't need that much protein. So that's kind of the thing about protein in itself. Um, but if, but you know, and I think tell people, people say they eat meat and they do this and that. The reality is their meat doesn't eat meat, you know? Yep. 
your meat is heating vegetables and grains and you know so why do we need to eat them i mean i, I it's not there's no besides the meat lobbyists and the, the milk lobby, the dairy lobbyists and everybody telling us we need to eat meat, which is how the food pyramid came to be. At the end of the day, it's not a necessity. Yeah, I agree with that too, because I always have pushback with like, oh, what, what do you do for your carbs, fats, and protein? I'm like, I never pay attention to that. I mostly am looking, I, I like to eat lots of vegetables. I'm like, I look, how many vegetables am I getting? How many different colors are on my plate? And just, you know, once you kind of start thinking about food a little differently, I think that's when you start to see, okay, well, how is my energy? You know, and if people are struggling with maybe skin issues, just kind of checking out this and digestive issues, like, how do you feel after that? And, you know, do you feel sluggish after you've eaten certain foods? And I think we've gotten away from just um, listening to our bodies in that sense. Yeah, totally. I've totally gotten away to listening at our bodies. And that's what people need to do um, more often. Because if you listen to your body, your body will tell you what to do. Your body will say, oh, I don't really want to eat that. Oh, I don't really want to, you know. Or, you know, we also push through when we eat a meal. We overeat, you know. So I don't know if you've seen people eat a whole bunch of food. And at some point, they're full. They just have to want to eat the whole plate. And if yes. you listen to that moment where you're full, you'll stop eating. Yeah. The, one of the things that we learned um, with our Ayurveda school, they said that we all have a burp and that's when we are full. And most of the time we don't pay any attention to it. Like it just, no. we don't, we don't listen. We don't hear it. Cause we're like, cause they're like, no. Cause there was a few people who were like, oh, I don't do that. And then they're like, no, 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 you're not slowing down. Then you're just scarfing your food. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you do it. So you just fast. not paying attention. We eat so fast. And, and, um, Anytime I tell people, you know, one of the main things about eating healthy and being healthy is chewing your food. Yeah. So when you get to the point and you have to chew, do your best to chew, you know, try to chew about 30 times, you know. Um, anything you put in your mouth, count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. You know, you can do it, even if you did a fast count. And if you just slow down, put, eat, take a bite, put the fork down, chew, you'd be surprised at how full you'll be by the time you finish the plate. Yeah, and you're much more conscious at your meal. Mm -hmm. And what, yeah, which is really wonderful. Which is, I think, when you're going to talk, when we talk about kind of the spirituality of food and really getting your body ready to receive, you know, it's being able to sit down, consciously look at your plate of food, being having some type of gratitude for it, and really slowly eating without the distractions of the TV, without the distractions of the computer, without your phone. You know, just to kind of get into what you're eating and kind of quote unquote, be one with your food. And your body looks forward to that. You know, people say digestion starts in the mouth. Digestion actually starts in the brain. It starts with your oil factories, it with, I mean, in your nose. It starts with smell, it starts with sight. Your body begins to prepare itself to receive the food and we don't always let it go through that process. We just put food in front of us, we eat on the go, we scarf it down and we continue to do what we're doing as opposed to just taking, seriously take 15 minutes and just sit still, look at your food, smell it, eat it slowly with gratitude, put it down, be grateful and then move on. Your digestion will do so much better. 
Yes. Yeah. The digestion thing with, um, again, I think sometimes we just, some of the simplest things that we could do, we just think that sounds too easy. That that can't be a fix for me when really, you know, maybe just trying that, like some people who might be listening to like, well, how would that fix my digestion? But those little things, it all makes a difference and our body is processing everything that we're doing when we sit down to have a meal. Yeah, totally. 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 So one of the things that you talked about, um, you know, when you, or when you first started talking today was about your anxiety and depression and treating that with food. So I think sometimes that can be something that we're like, wow, I didn't even think that that is an option. Can you talk a little bit about how you did that? Yeah, sure. So I think when I first started, it was kind of intuitive. I was like eating meat and just didn't work for me. Didn't work for my body. And so when I stopped, I gave up meat because honestly, I couldn't go to the bathroom Mm -hmm. and you know, the more studies, and that was like over 20 years ago, so maybe over 30 years ago, (laughs) but the more that people have studied the digestive system and the more that they see the connections in the body, they're understanding the connection with the digestive system in the brain and the digestive system and the nervous system. Um, They're all related. And as I began to remove things to my diet, I would feel lighter. I would feel a little better. Um, And then when I really went on the kind of whole hog green smoothie consistently and really getting in the greens and getting in some um, herbs for uh, relaxing my nervous system, things did change. I mean, the green smoothie that I started doing and then the the green smoothies, the green salads, the real veggies. And again, that, that moment of just being grateful and gratitude and sitting down and really enjoying my food changes a lot. I don't, depression is no longer a part of my personality. There are things that may happen that may go, hmm, that makes me feel a little sad. But now, because I've also paid attention to how I'm feeling, how what I, what I'm eating makes me feel, and really looking at wanting to feel differently, I, I, I'm able to switch that. I'm able to flip that kind of almost immediately. And I have seen people or some of my clients who've had depression, once they go on my five, even my five week plan, they feel so much better. And a lot of it has to do with your digestion. Now I understand, whereas back then it was really intuitive. As I study more digestion and we're looking at kind of the microbiome and the bugs that we all carry around with us Mm -hmm. and which bugs actually are more helpful to uh, creating a better digestion and also they're to make, it, make us feel better. They're, everything is so connected and we don't know that. And we're learning so much more now, but I did do it with food and it, it was, uh, and it was a, wasn't an instant fix, but you gotta do it at least for a month to, to know that, oh wow, I can feel better. And then it's gotta be consistent. And life happens in the meantime, you fall off, but you go back on, in other words, for me and my clients, a plant-based way of eating is kind of their underlying thing that's consistent. You travel, you might go off and taste something, but you come back home and you do it. You, something happens with the family, life gets a little crazy, you might go off for a minute, but then you check yourself and you come back. You know, um, And that's how you maintain a level of consistency and anxiety and the depression fall by the wayside. There, there are always going to be things in life that are gonna make us a little more anxious than others. Um, and we adjust. 
Yes. Uh, one of the things that um, I think can be kind of tricky in the beginning is like some of those habits that we have to shift around food. So if someone's trying to make like a, you know, a habit shift, do you recommend like completely stopping? Maybe they're eating something that they want to get away from. Do you recommend just cold turkey stopping or just kind of replacing it? Or how do you kind of tell people what are easy, you know, habit switches? Well, you know, it depends on the person. So like I had a mother and she went to the doctor and the doctor said, well, if you don't stop smoking, you're, you're going to die. This is going to happen to you. So she quit cold turkey. Most people can't do that, right? <laughs> Um, and it depends on where you are in your life. So I will, some people will come to me and say, look, I can do a cold turkey. Just tell me what to do. Some people will come to me and say, look, I'm not a cold turkey kind of person. Can we do it gradually? So on the gradual process, we do. We just begin to take out a few things. We reduce things because as you start to change your diet and you get on a new diet plan, your body will begin to crave the the better foods i want to say better in, in quotes but we'll begin to crave different things so um it, it really depends on who you are like i've had some people that say yeah i'm still drinking three cans of coke you know a day i'm like okay well let's start there you know uh, and then we'll work our way around to the food or there i've got i am having four cups of coffee a day okay well let's reduce the coffee what can we do and i put them on a tea blend I have one client, she's like, I was drinking four cups of coffee. Now I do this tea and I put it in. And I was having people put it in their smoothie. The smoothie, again, gives you all the energy you need. You don't need that. And it's a green smoothie. The, um, the tea that I was putting there on, she does, sometimes she doesn't do the smoothie, but she always does the tea because it has her ready to go. Um, a lot of things is people will eat. We'll say they eat vegetables. We were talking about this. We'll say they eat healthy, right? Mm -hmm. And they'll say, yeah, I eat vegetables all the time. Okay, well, what vegetables do you eat? You know, well, I eat a iceberg lettuce salad or I eat, you know, people, I eat a, I'll do steamed carrots, broccoli, and cauliflower. And I'm like, okay. And they'll eat those regularly. And that's all the vegetables they'll eat. And it, it may be those little baby carrots, not the not a, like a wild carrot or a carrot from the farmer's market or anything like that. So what I'll do is I'll switch out their vegetables to more nutrient-dense vegetables. And I have a nutrient-dense list, which I didn't actually make. Strangely enough, the government did. The uh, Center for Disease Control put out this list of 46 vegetables and their nutrient density. And it's a beautiful list. And they, they tested them for about 17 vitamins and nutrients and vitamins and minerals and watercress, which people don't eat a lot, don't know about, but it's in the grocery store. Um, and it has, it's a hundred percent, it's a hundred percent nutrient dense, like the best thing you could eat. Wow. Um, watercress. So in my salads that I have people make, there's watercress, there's dandelion, there's parsley, there's cilantro, um, there's whatever mixed green you want to put. There's mustard greens. It's all of these greens. And that alone, that's also what's in my green smoothie. So whatever your salad is, just put it in the blender and blend it up. Um, but that's, that's, the, that's kind of the starting point. It's let's, let's just switch out some of your veggies, make them more nutrient dense. Let's you know, start by reducing. What can we do to give you coffee substitutes? You still have that warm feeling in the morning of drinking something warm and you'll still have your energy, you're not going to want the coffee unless you just, some people just like the taste of coffee. Okay, well, instead of four, let's do one cup of coffee in the morning, you know, and then drink something else throughout the day. Your energy, you've been, you're able to maintain your energy when you switch your diet. You don't have the need for coffee. I think yeah. people, they drink coffee. I got to wake up. 
Then there's a 10 o'clock coffee. Oh, I'm crashing. I need coffee again. Then there's the afternoon coffee. I'm, I'm at the afternoon slump. Then there's, you know, and they may drink coffee. They got a meeting in the evening. So it's like, okay, <laughs> how do we keep you from doing that? The smoothie in the morning gets you through to lunch because it's fiber dense. It's your energy's popping. You know, you're not even really hungry. Then you got lunch and then you've got these teas that you can drink throughout the day. Or you can have another smoothie. I mean, you know, there's so many different ways to adjust that, but people have to be ready. That's the other thing. You got to be committed to the change. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's one that I, I've never drank coffee until my son was born. And then everyone in my family drinks. So I was the oddball besides my mom I was the odd one. And I started drinking it and now I'm like, oh, I have to get off it. But I am one who I notice the effects. Like I cannot have it. You know, usually if it's after 10 AM, I'm like, I'm done for the day. Cause I cannot right. have more than that. Cause it will just leave me awake at night. And I remember talking to my grandma who's 92 and she was like, really? And she's like, Oh, I'll drink it right before bed. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Can't, do <laughs> Can't do that, Grandma. <laughs> Everybody's a little different, you know. Yes, and paying Every- attention, knowing yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, being being aware of who you are is perfect. Yes. Now, one of the drinks, um, are you, for gut health, like people have been saying, kombucha. What are your feelings on kombucha? I'm not a fan of kombucha. I mean, it's and that's just me personally. I mean, it's. So this is the thing about gut health. Depending on where your gut is, um, it's even the same with probiotics. The probiotics, the vinegars, the kimchi, the the fermented foods feed gut bacteria. Mm -hmm. So if you are, if your gut bacteria is out of balance, so and you may you would know this if you're not feeling well, if you've got SIBO, if you've got candida or if you've got any of these things your gut that your gut is out of balance which means you should not do those things that's the vinegars that's the kimchi that's the kombucha even probiotics because they're going to feed the bad bacteria so anything that you put so fermentation if your gut is in balance then it will feed the good bacteria and help colonize it but if your gut is out of balance it's also going to feed the bad bacteria and people don't know that and you will know that the way you can kind of test it is if you eat one of these things or if and then you're kind of immediately bloated mm-hmm. then and, you know people say oh work through the bloating work through the I'm, i disagree with that stop it let's figure out what's going on in there and readjust the balance but first we've got to kill some of the bad bacteria um and the only thing that I really like for, and I tell my clients about it, they want to do something is a uh, fermented coconut. Um, so what is it? Uh, kefir, coconut kefir. Okay. I like that one better. But again, it's not like you're drinking 16 ounces or 12 ounces of it. It's like a one to two ounce shot. Um, I, I have a, I'll tell, I have a digestive elixir that I'll tell my clients about, which is like maybe one to two ounces of coconut kefir. Um, maybe a teaspoon or a tablespoon of ginger and then, and that we're talking ginger juice and turmeric juice. So fresh turmeric, fresh ginger juice and coconut kefir. And that tends to help with digestion. But other than that, I wouldn't, I don't do it. I mean, it's something you do just because you like it or you like the way it tastes. I wouldn't do it as a way to help my digestion. 
Yeah. I've actually had the conversation with a friend of mine with probiotics. She's like, should I take some? I was like, you know, from my research was the same thing that you had. I'm like, well, unless your gut is really healthy, like that's not necessarily a thing that you want to, you know, mess around with. And she had just had a baby. And so she's like, yeah, my gut's all over the place. So I was like, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, no, you're right. And people don't, you know, you don't hear that often enough. Good. You know, I'm, I'm glad you were able to tell her that because people are like, oh, I'm going to take a probiotic and it's started. Well, you never, you know, do you really need one? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, if you're eating the right food, your gut's in balance. Yep. If, if you're eating too much sugar, your gut's probably going to be out of balance. If you're doing too much stuff to your nervous system, too much coffee, too much caffeine, too much, you know, and not the one cup a day, but like the three, four cups a day, the, you know, the, your, your nervous system's out. And if your nervous system's out of balance, then your gut's out of balance. I mean, you know, it's so interconnected. It's just yeah. so amazing, you know. So if, you've, if you're getting headaches, your gut's out of balance, mm-hmm. you know. So many things, yeah. That's interesting. Uh, do you think are migraines tied to headaches? I do. You mean the migraines tied to your gut? Yeah. yeah. That was the one I started. I started getting migraines, and I was yeah. having migraines, premenopausal migraines. Um, what else was going on with me? Brain fog. I started gaining weight, and I didn't know how or why because I was eating, you know, well, quote unquote, well, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. But I was eating a lot of sugar, like I was eating more sugar, and I liked wine, so I was drinking wine regularly. And then I finally got serious about, you know, it's like, I don't want to feel like this for the next 20 years. I mean, if I'm, like, I'm 54, I'll be 54 in February, and if this is what people will say is menopause for the next 20 years, I'm going to (laughs) die. So I decided to totally clean up my diet and clean up my gut. And that went to changing the way I eat. I did a series of colonics. I, you know, the, the coconut kefir I would do bit by bit, but that was really it. And, um, yeah. That's interesting. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, I, my brother always suffered, or he has, and he's the only one. My dad maybe from time to time would get him, but he always has since, you know, he was in high school, suffered with them. And my little brother has gut issues. So that's why I'm like, this is interesting. I wonder if, and they have separate gut issues, but I was like, huh, yeah. that could be, and they can't figure out what is triggering his migraines. So I wonder if it could be his you know, food. along that line. It could be his food. I mean, I, if you put him on a plant-based diet, he might feel He a lot raises better. cows. He's a farmer. So. <laughs> he doesn't have to eat them though. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'll tell him. I'll be like, he no. doesn't have to eat them. <laughs> um, but I, for me, when I did that, I cleaned up my, the migraines went away. That's it. Oh, I'll have to tell. I should, they sometimes listen to me. <laughs> They're my little brother. So <laughs> I know. Right. But, but yeah, once I, once I did that, did plant-based change my diet, the migraines, I was so amazed. I did go away to a place called the Optimum Health Institute in San Diego. It can be, you know, and I, they, so they let, let them do the food, which is great. And did colonics and rested and really, you know, sometimes we have to kind of shut it down, get out of our environment, take care of ourselves. And then I was amazed in two weeks, I dropped in two weeks, I dropped 15, almost 20 pounds. Oh my goodness. And um, I came out of there with no headaches and I, you know, didn't drink. So for the next, after that two week stay for probably the next six months, definitely three months, I didn't drink. Um, I stayed on my diet, maintained the weight, haven't had a headache. Wow. So I know it's related to my gut. Sometimes you just got to go let somebody kind of do a roto-rooter on your gut. (laughs) You can get, 
you get in a good place. And then, you know, I drank my digestive elixir and all is well. And I'm sure you feel better. I feel totally better. Yeah. And that's the one thing that sometimes is tricky for people to understand. Like you might feel okay, but then you don't realize how good you can feel if you change some of your habits. I'm amazed at how much better. Not do I just feel, I just felt good, but I was like, wow, I could take on the world, feel good. You know, there's a different level of feel good. Yes. So if someone's listening, they're like, okay, I want to start with maybe some um, like a medicinal in-home spice cabinet. What are some spices you recommend to have on hand for cooking? Oh, always um, oregano, thyme. Um, I love one of my favorites uh, is. Um, one by organic, simply organic, and it's an all-purpose seasoning. And I use that in everything, but I always have the oreganos, the thymes. Um, I like tarragon. So oregano, thyme are antimicrobial, antibacterial. Um, they're better if you can get them fresh, like if you can grow a little pot. They have more of those antimicrobial, antibacterial uh, components, uh, but dried is fine also. Um, what else do I have? Am I? Oh, cinnamon. Cinnamon is great. It helps balance, rebalance your blood sugar. And there's always ginger, which is, you know, I keep in the fridge, but there's ginger, fresh ginger. You can also do powdered ginger. Um, uh, ginger is also an antimicrobial, antibacterial. Garlic. Now, garlic is a tricky one. If you are having some digestive issues, though, you might want to stay away from that. Um, ginger, fresh ginger is great for digestion. Garlic can be upsetting to digestion. Um, what else do I have? Those are kind of my always go-tos. Thyme, oregano, um, rosemary. Rosemary is the other one. Rosemary is great also for headaches, surprisingly enough. You can get some fresh rosemary tea. Um, you can do rosemary for headaches. And honey, if you're getting a little sniffle. I had one of my clients, she was not feeling well. It's like, look, Grab some garlic, some lemon, put it in a pot with some water and let that boil and simmer all day and just take that out, make a tea, you know, put it in a, in a cup and add honey to it and sip on that for the day. She's like, oh my God, I felt so much better the next day. Yeah. And these are just little things, you know. Uh, what else do I like? Fresh sage tea. Sage is also antimicrobial, antibacterial. So you can do like a, a spice. You could put thyme, rosemary, oregano, dried sage, and have your, you know, immune boosting, antimicrobial, antibacterial spice bucket, you know? Yum. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, and then I love all of those easy, and they're easy. They're easy. And then there's dill. Dill is also another one. Dill, basil. Yeah, don't, let's not forget the basil. So all of those herbs that are, you can get them in fresh or dry are great to just have. And all of them fresh are great in your salad. Yeah. Chop them up, put them in the salad. And you've, got it. It, mm -hmm, and you've got an immune boosting, energizing salad ready to go. Yes. Hopefully that will give some people some ideas of just like, oh, okay, I can have these on hand. And most of those are basic things you can find at any grocery store. Right. Right. So if people are looking to connect with you, Julie, and, um, you know, learn more from you, where can they find you at? Okay. So they could go to freshfoodalchemy.com slash podcast. 
Perfect. And so on my podcast page, people can download the uh, nutrient-dense veggie list that I was talking about. Yeah. Um, there's also a five-day plant-based challenge on that page. So those people that are curious about it, they can download that five-day plant-based challenge. And it's basically a combination of um, meals. So there's recipes there. There's a two-day grocery list. So day one through day three and day four and five. So it tells them what they need to buy. And then what dinner they would have on those five days. So it's only dinner, but the, they're so easy. They're, the goal was to make them like quick 15-minute dinners and that are plant-based. So in the evening, you'll eat a plant-based dinner. You should have more energy the next day. You should be groggy when you wake up in the morning. Um, and it's really great, and that's free. And then there's also a free – actually, I think the plant-based challenge might be like $47. It's, not, it's normally $97, but it might be $47 on, on the page. And then you can also register for a free 30-minute consultation with me. So if you're interested in just talking or trying to figure out a few things, um, you can do all that from my podcast page. Again, freshfoodalchemy.com slash backslash podcast. Perfect. I love those. And I love that the five-day plant idea. And that's usually where I tell people if they're working on getting rid of some meat is have your meat during you know lunchtime because your digestive right. fires are the strongest rather than at right. night. Mm -hmm. And that usually makes a difference. People have found. So they're looking for perfect five yeah. day plant challenge to do. <laughs> yeah, I totally. 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 So I always end with one final question and I always have the guests kind of throw out the challenge. So what would you like the challenge to the listeners um, for this upcoming week to be? Besides the five day plant-based challenge, I'd love, yeah. <laughs> I'd love for them to start there. But the other one would be, you know, get a green smoothie, you know, start, start trying those, but I want to caution them. Don't go to Jamba Juice and get a green smoothie. I mean, you know, if you're going to do a green smoothie, just, and if you go to Jamba Juice, say, look, I just want the greens. I don't want any fruit. I don't want, can you just put greens and almond milk and a blender and blend it up and give it to me? So I, I would really like people to start tasting greens or make that green salad with fresh herbs so that you don't have any sugar, first of all, in your smoothie. And that you get used to the taste of really fresh greens that are going to help your body and build your immune system. That's my challenge. So. I love that. And thank you for clarifying too, if people were like, oh, why not at Jamba Juice? And not even thinking that the excess sugar that comes with them. Yeah. No, if you don't, we're talking only greens, only, yes. no fruit. Try it. And you'd yes. be like, Ugh, just think of it as a salad in a bottle. And it takes time. So I usually tell people, yeah. give it a few tries. Your taste buds have to get reacclimated to it because our taste buds are usually used to all of that sugar. So give it right. some time. Which is why I said, you know, try one. <laughs> just, just, just give it a shot. Try it and keep trying it. That, yes. And it's a challenge. It can be a challenge. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Julie. It's been such a pleasure and you've got, given us so much information. So I am looking forward to sharing this with everyone. So thank you so much. Thank you. It's been great fun. Thanks for having me. Thank you and everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power. Thank you so much for listening to the Peaceful Power podcast. And if you want more information about today's show, head on over to andreaclawson.com where you can also find my free guide to working out for your body type. And if you haven't already, I would love it if you could rate and review the show over on iTunes and share it with any of your friends that you think would benefit from hearing the Peaceful Power message. Thanks again and go out there and spread your peaceful power.